guys welcome back to tag team the pokemon trading card games premier podcasting duo my name is riley holbert joined as always by my good good friend mr jw crewall jw how's it hanging today hey it's pretty good riley i just got out of a highland civic association meeting a highland civic association meeting yeah so highland is the area that i live in and my wife my wife is like hey we should join the you know, board, the community board, essentially. So yeah, we're, well, we're not on the board, but we're a part of, you know, the association as it were. Um, so right. like they were talking about, there's a one guy, he is very, he's the president. We think we don't really know, <laughs> but we think he's the president, but he's very like in your face about stuff. And I'm uh-huh. like, I'm like, dude, it's, you know, you're talking about putting an extra like compost bin in the, garden <laughs> it's like i feel like i feel like it's notorious that people in those positions have that kind of attitude though yeah i really want to know what he does and i actually got an email because we we are gonna meet up with one of the kind of younger guys that's uh-huh. on the board and that's really involved in the association we are gonna meet up with them just to like chat and like hey welcome to the neighborhood that kind of thing um and he actually messaged us he's like it's, it's not normally like this. Like tonight was crazy, you know, like a little <laughs> on edge, you know, and we're like, uh-huh. oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that compost bin. <laughs> it was just very funny because, and there were a few other things that were like maybe a little bit more serious, but it's like there was one time somebody brought up just something completely random there. Oh, oh, I remember. So they're like, hey, what do you think if, you know, instead of having these videos on Zoom, we met in somebody's backyard and, you know, like for the first time in a year and a half, like, and just, you know, met in person. And then this guy just like goes into this rant about how there's so much garbage on the streets and how it's every person's job to pick up and, you know, how the city needs to be, have pressure put on them to, <laughs> and we're like, where, where did that come from? So anyway, it's pretty Fascinating. funny. How, how are you? I'm doing well. I actually, uh, I was a little bit scared. I thought I had COVID the other day. Um, And the reason is uh, Epic has returned to the office, as I mentioned the other week. Uh, So, you know, I've been starting to meet with some people in person. And one of the people that I work with um, went to a music festival and ended up getting COVID. Um, And they were in the office for a couple days before, um, before I guess they realized or got tested um, Mm -hmm. or showed any symptoms or anything. So I was like kind of feeling a little ill, like not, not sick, but not great. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to work from home for a day. I'm going to use my one day a week and I'm going to get tested. I got mm-hmm. tested. It came back negative. So I guess it's fine. And what I think I'm actually learning, and this is like a legitimate thing. It's like, I'm allergic to something on the campus at work. So I don't know what mm-hmm. it is. I think it's like the, the grass to be honest outside of my that's dope Um, yeah so like i'm like fiercely allergic (laughs) to it and so i get i feel like i'm sick whenever at work i'm literally sick of working (laughs) i'm allergic to working that's so funny yeah so and it consistently happens because i came to the office like one time or a couple times i guess last year during covid 
And I always would feel kind of sick when I came to the office and I thought it was like me getting sick, but I, I think it's just allergies. Yeah. And I don't really, prior to moving here, I never dealt with allergies at all. Um, so I was kind of unfamiliar with the feelings. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a wild ride. All Man, right. I, I feel bad for you. I'm glad you don't have COVID though. I'm glad too. I, I gotta say. <laughs> How nervous are you? We've seen Delta species Pokemon, and now we're getting a Delta Plus variant of COVID. How, like, and this is not medical advice for for anyone listening, but, like, how worried are you about the Delta variant kind of putting us back, you know, where we started in March? Yeah, it's tough to say. Um, UW released a paper recently saying that with the, the Delta variant, that even vaccinated people carry a similar amount of, I think, like viral matter is how it was described. Um, so basically, like they're comparably infectious, even if they're like not necessarily getting COVID. Um, so it's tough. I mean, I I think people that are you know returning to the office and stuff like that might need to rethink what that landscape looks like. Um, yeah. I think Pokemon might have to reevaluate their situation. I don't know if Delta is necessarily the biggest threat to people who are vaccinated, at, at least 99% of the time. I think um, the rate at which we're seeing new mutations come up, though, is kind of alarming. Yeah. So there's, yeah, like, there's I, more I'm not... of them that are also coming. Right, right. Because, I mean, you're not a doctor by any means. And I guess I'm friends with doctors, but like you probably have your ear to the ground a little bit more than I do. So just curious about you know kind of the feeling around the workplace about that yeah there's definitely a, i mean there's definitely anxiety around like being in the office and traveling and like maybe we should rethink some of this um it's definitely like a sentiment shared yeah yeah so tough situation but at least i don't have covid <laughs> thank goodness man thank I would, goodness i would love to go through a pandemic without getting the disease that would be a win for me i think that would be a huge dub for sure <laughs> so we'll keep on trucking uh and so too will the pokemon verse uh before we get into anything else jw i, I would need to get your thoughts on the newest and greatest entry into the pokemon franchise and that is pokemon unite two huge thumbs up two huge thumbs up that's awesome yes it's <laughs> I actually really enjoy these kinds of uh, team-based video games. And Pokemon Unite has been something that I, like, desperately wanted out of League, okay? Uh So, like, League, for me, was fun to an extent because I could never really grind it to be, like, helpful for my team, right? (laughs) Like, I'd always just, like, I'd play... Um, so that we could have five or whatever in a, in a squad and, and so that we could all like hang out. And that's why I would play, but I would never really do that. Well, like no matter what position I played, where I was like, I'd always get, you know, a kill or two and that would be like a good game. Yeah. Uh, but the problem was like, it just would take forever. Right. Cause I knew early on, like, okay, I'm going to get, you know, the other people are going to get the creep. Like I'm not going to last hit the creep to get the extra money. Um, you know, all this stuff where it's like, uh, I know the margins where I'm not going to succeed and I'm like, not going to hit my skill shots and things like that. It's like, I know where I'm not going to 
win against another player, but I can't really devote the time to like getting better at it. Uh-huh. And so that's where I feel like Pokemon Unite comes in where not only, um, you know, the, there's less to think about, right? There's like a little more auto targeting, yeah. um, you know, you, there's, I feel like the, you know, it's kind of watered down in a sense in terms of like the technical aspect. Mm-hmm. And then it's also watered down in terms of the time aspect. Like, I just love that it's 10 minutes a game. You just roll up, roll out. If you, you know, your team sucks, like it's fine. You move on. You know, it's not like you're stuck <laughs> there for 45 minutes trying to figure it out and uh, just eventually losing, even though you knew you would lose early because you're bad. Right. So, no, that, I, I love it. I totally agree. Um, I think the the MOBA genre, it was an interesting one to enter, to be honest. It felt like um, like the time of the great reign of MOBAs has maybe passed. But I, I, I agree that I like how it's short and focused and it's very like team play oriented as opposed to the micro play. Um, mm-hmm. So less worrying about like the exact mechanics of last hitting a creep and more worried about like how you're generally positioning with your team and like what objectives that you're focusing on at the time. Yeah. Um, So I agree. It's really cool. The, the one thing that kind of bothered me about the early stages of the game was Zapdos felt like a little too strong. I think, well, uh, I think think the game is starting to adjust though as well. I think it's becoming maybe less of a problem as people start to evolve their understanding of the game. Um, So it's cool. I, I liked it. I actually watched uh, Rahul's stream the other day when he was playing in that tournament as well, just to mm. get a sense of like what the competitive people are playing. Um, and for context, I've only played like a handful of games, so I would not okay. enter that tournament on my own right. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I'm not ready yet. Um, and it was cool. It was really interesting to see like the team play and the focus on like the Dreadnought of the early game and the Rotom in the mid game. And it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think that it's it's fun without being too much. Um, there's like more to learn as I'll always, you know, continually being. And like I only really main Pikachu, which <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe that's a, you know, maybe I'm a noob for that. But um, I found it fun. I've grounded, you know, a fair number of games. I really like playing with five people. That's like so fun. Yeah. Uh, and I think right now I'm in I like Master 3 or wow, what, there you ex, go. Ex, wait, Expert 3. What's the like? that mid tier anyway i think it's expert okay expert yeah expert three so i'm feeling pretty proud i just i gotta say there you go that's awesome yeah yeah it's it's really fun so you're you're a big pikachu main then yeah i I love pikachu i love yeah yeah i like the little paralyzed shot and then i like (laughs) the big the big spark ball thing and yeah uh, very satisfying yeah I think it's fun, and it's like if it just calls to me, you know. There's yeah. just something about it. The thing like about I've been Pikachu play, for me yeah. is I played a lot of Pikachu, and it's so frustrating because Pikachu has like no way to get out of a situation where someone's like jumping on top of him. <laughs> it's pretty tough. Like I find that its HP maybe needs a little bit of a buff because I just get kind of hosed by um, like Zero Auras, like yeah, extremely Zero Aura easy. Destroys Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like not even close, and there's like nothing I can really do. So, um, yeah, I feel like it does need a buff. It's kind of one of the the weaker characters, but even so, it can compete. And I find myself just like 
relying on kind of the strength of my teammates and just like positioning wise, right? Like if you have yeah. Pikachu and Snorlax, like we're going to Great town combo. on people, right? Yeah. You know, uh, but if it's like me alone, I'm never going to get there. So for sure. No, that totally makes sense. And I agree. I, I enjoy Pikachu a lot. Um, I've only played a handful of, I haven't played everyone on the cast, but um, you know, I tried out like Pikachu is really fun. I've tried Cinderace. I've tried obviously like Charizard as part of the tutorial, even um, Zeroro is free. Um, they're they're all kind of fun in their own their own way. I, the yeah. game being so straightforward kind of lends itself to being able to experiment with all the different characters and not feeling like too bad about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Somebody, you know, if you're listening to the cast and you're also a Pikachu main, send me a DM on Twitter because I just need some, I need some, you know, hype. Like, just say, hey, you're not a you're not a scrub for choosing Pikachu. And like, there's more of us out there. And one thing I also want to comment on is i appreciate like how quickly they jumped on like trying to rebalance the game and they added a spectator mode after only like a week um yeah so very very cool i'm excited to see like what more we can do with it actually crazy actually crazy how quickly they got you know got on board with all this stuff i um you know was noticing from friends they were a little upset that oh zapdos didn't get kind of nerfed right but i think you know it's a little too early yeah for that i i feel like that's like a core mechanic whereas kind of the the attacks of each pokemon are kind of secondary mechanics but like zapdos being a core mechanic i feel like you don't need to necessarily maybe need a little more scrutiny yeah just like just give it another little bit and i think some strategy like like the strategy isn't quite there yet for people um in terms of how to play around, you know, losing Zapdos or what do you do if you lose Zapdos? Yeah, um, I agree. Anyway, I agree. So really enjoying the game. I appreciate their responsiveness and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some of the new Pokemon get added too. Well, we'll have to squat up sometime. Oh, for sure. You're probably better than me right now. <laughs> Let's go. I'll need to practice that'll a be, little bit first. That'll be a first. <laughs> so... Pokemon Unite, definitely try it out if you have a Switch and you haven't given it a shot yet. Um, only 10-minute games, I mean, can't hurt to try one. Yep, absolutely. I think you might get hooked. <laughs> so let's talk then about another big going on in the Pokeverse, and that's Players' Cup 4 is concluded. So Alex Shemansky taking it home with his Rapid Strike Urshifu with the Inteleon line deck. Uh, something that really hasn't seen a ton of play in these online events, but Alex really just owning up on the event and, and run and train with it. Um, and I got to say, one thing that's really impressed me about the Players' Cup is these like big name top level players are consistently like winning and topping these Players' Cups. Uh, so it just yeah. goes to show like the people who are like, the people who are like the champions didn't just fall off or anything. I remember that being a part of the discourse early on in the online scene is like, Oh, we're not seeing these same people topping anymore. Like they're all cheaters and they can't cheat as well online. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if you remember that phase. Yeah, of the for sure. Um, for sure. And I think it's more so they're just not devoting as much energy to these events. And when they do, they're still coming out strong. Well, it's just so hard, right? There's an event every week and you really don't see that many players, you know, playing these events, right? Like it's yeah. it's crazy um to even think 
that you know a lot of players would just weekly or even monthly arguably like play in these events just when they don't really have that much of a return on investment right um, you know in the grand scheme of things like okay you can probably figure you walk up you know you or i could roll up to any tournament and maybe get like what top 64 top 32 like probably you know i would bet on myself to get top 64 at any tournament uh-huh. um you know especially or higher 64 or right? less people well there you go exactly <laughs> especially you know and get into the prizing right and then yeah, it's like okay you. well you yeah. got you got top 32 and like here's your two packs of chilling rain and it's like well i spent you know, eight hours on my Wednesday night, you know, playing <laughs> eight hours this tournament. Night. Night. Yeah. You know, Yikes. so it's, no, it's tough. You. It's tough. Um, but I think that's certainly why, you know, bringing it up like, Oh, where, where did all the, all the players go? Well, I think a lot of the higher end players like that were earning money in the game, actually playing, you know, physical cards are looking at the online scene and just going, ah, that's really not what I'm accustomed to playing for. <laughs> You know, so yeah. then we see players' cups where <laughs> there's something on the line, right? There's like a monetary valuable prize. Uh, and then it's like, oh, okay, you know, great players are are topping, great players are making the second phase, and you know, really great players are winning um pretty much across the board. So that's that's really cool. Yeah. So let's talk then about kind of the landscape that led Alex to his big win. Um I mean, it goes without saying, by far the biggest deck in this event was Shadow Rider. I think there were five different players out of the the 16 Mm -hmm. who rolled up with Shadow Rider. So that's a pretty substantial meta presence. It's pretty rare Mm -hmm. to see decks get that large of a portion of the metagame. And really, a lot of the meta was shaped around either playing or trying to beat Shadow Rider. Uh, Mm -hmm. So the next biggest deck if i'm not mistaken is actually with two players the adp moltres deck again right. very targeted at trying to beat shadow rider um and then we had other decks like um pedro showed up with the rapid strike moltres deck you have the spear tomb deck that got second place you have multiple dark box decks yeah uh, so just huge huge grip on the metagame with shadow rider which Shouldn't be surprising. Um, yeah, especially in that kind of a blind metagame, right? Because these players um, right. didn't necessarily know what the metagame was going to be. I don't even know that there were maybe tournaments in the new format before they had to make a deck selection. Right. So, uh, you know, because we just have to keep in mind that this was, you know, they played their matches like, what, two weeks ago or something like that. And then they get edited and rebroadcast, you know, weeks later. So mm-hmm. uh, just keeping that in mind, like they don't have kind of a more developed sense of of even how to play these decks. Right. Because a lot of <laughs> yeah. I, I feel well, and that's not a dig. That's no, just saying like I know. there's a there's a different style. Like I think, you know, people now are maybe a little bit more inclined to play a higher count of alchemy. Um, and, and certainly throughout Players Cup, we were seeing uh, with the Shadow Rider lists like you know, maybe a one, one or, or not even including alchemy. And so you're going to obviously take a much uh, harsher matchup against the the dark decks. Um, and uh, yeah, and there were, you know, five shadow riders and six decks that had some kind of dark attacker. So <laughs> really incredible. there. really incredible. Yeah. Crazy stuff to be honest. Um, yeah. But then you have Alex coming in with his psychic weak deck um, and ended up taking it home. And I think really the 
the biggest push factor in my mind is he had such a good matchup. He had a passable matchup. At least he could try and make a passable matchup with the Jirachi GX in a Shadow Rider. <laughs> Still not great, but he had a great matchup against all of these dark decks. A, like the fighting type weakness <laughs> is powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. But B, like things like the Moltres tech, ADP Moltres does not have like a great immediate answer to an Urshifu slapping them in the face on turn two. Right. So right. being able to chain a couple of those off, knock out the ADP, you know, maybe snipe a Dedenne, you know, that adds up really fast. Yeah, yeah. It, it was really ingenious how um, Alex built his deck. I, I just want to hone in on the two karate belt, which um, I no nobody had really thought of. And it's like, it's definitely the kind of twist. And I say twist in a very you know, loose way because <laughs> yeah. you're just kind of adding an additional card or, or maybe two additional cards that you didn't have. But um, it, it really gives the deck a new dimension and it allows you to have those uh, games against Shadow Rider that you otherwise would struggle with. But now you can, you know, if you can get three snipes off, which is not crazy to uh, think about, right? Because if you just think about the prize trade, um, if you have the Jirachi down, then they're generally generally and they can but they're generally not one-shotting the urshifu vmax so they'll probably have to target down the jirachi first but then you can just attack with two urshifu vmax in a right. row uh and then if you can get three snipes off right doing 120 to two different vmaxes on their side of the field three you times win. right <laughs> then you win right so like it just makes sense and like that second karate belt um is just so necessary to even like keep yourself in the game in those situations and like it's just so genius and i can't believe nobody else or or maybe other people thought about it but i can't believe it hasn't like gained more popularity now um just because yeah it, it's, it's a brilliant little deck building decision that um that certainly should be should be mentioned and it's worth calling out as well like the karate belt strategy maybe wasn't as good in previous formats but now that you have like the drizzle and teleon engine to very selectively pick that karate belt out of your deck i mean so good so good and we also yep. got a shout out we were talking about this before the cast as well the finals matchup is just brutal <laughs> like having the triple <laughs> sniping inteleon yeah against the the sphere tomb deck i mean what do you even do at that point <laughs> like... it's it's disgusting uh it's <laughs> disgusting and i mean you think about like metagaming right for the event and like if you take a passable matchup to um the deck that you think most people will play which you know was that shadow rider and then you can beat a lot of like the counters to that big deck like you're probably gonna do okay at worst yeah and really well at best and so um you know we certainly saw that here and just props to alex for um for coming up with a you know at least a spin on a on a you know highly played deck and um uh and coming away with the win absolutely absolutely just really solid metagaming gaming all around are there any other like interesting things that you want to call out i mean hampus played the the excadrill deck which was cool yeah <laughs> yeah that is really cool i think uh because i believe they played a stall variation and, and maybe it was excadrill as well throughout the um and the qualifier, you know, qualifying yeah. in day in day two um and it just like it kind of goes to show like the the level of you know how good a, a control deck can be like the later on you go right it just gets harder and harder to win because the competition gets better and better um and so you know, Excadrill Control, like, 
I, it's just there's definitely kind of a graph, right, of like the <laughs> expected success for a deck like this, where it's like, well, the later on you get in a tournament, there's just going to be players that know how to play against it. And that's not to say that um, they played poorly, or that's not even to say that the other players necessarily played well, um, but it just says like, well, didn't quite come out here on top. And I, I don't remember the last time that we've seen you know, a control variant um, do particularly well. I'm probably going to eat my words when you say one. Didn't um, didn't San- Sander win a big tournament with control? Was that this format? In this format, I don't know, but he he definitely yeah, had he, a really I guess good control tournament. He must have, yeah, he must have, or at least like finals or something. Yeah, he he must have recently. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know, I. I remember something. I don't remember the exact details, though. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, Memory's anyway, not there. Anyway. I'm getting too old. That's very cool. Yes, of course. To see, <laughs> um, you know, to see the X control deck and to see control. I, I always think control is uh, existing, at least in the small numbers. At least it being a viable deck, if not being like a, hopefully not a tier one deck. <laughs> I don't love playing against control, uh, uh-huh. but at least its existence is. Um, is is a good sign in my eyes of of a generally healthy metagame. Um, I liked Pedro's deck. If we want to talk a little bit more about Rapid Strike Urshifu, I've never been the hugest fan of Sinchino, but Pedro's played this deck for a long time, <laughs> done you know pretty well with it, and then getting the new wrinkle of the Galarian Moltres to give him some semblance of a chance against the you know dark weak decks in the field i thought that was kind of cute uh what i was surprised to see i I was watching him on stream because he was featured a couple of times in in that opening uh session and i was really surprised to see that he didn't play any energy switch yeah which i was like really confused about i was like because i first saw him play the galarian moltres down and and then for that purpose yeah and i was like oh okay that's kind of cute like he can go energy switch and then, you know, he can do rapid strikes over and over again, right? Uh, but no, no energy switch. Glaring <laughs> Moltres, literally on its own, just the, you know, kind of counter Calyrex attacker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, very interesting. Um, also notable, we had very nice showings uh, from the United States. Four players in the top four, but really great showing from Brazil. Three players in the top eight. Four players in the top four is not correct for the United States. Oh, did I say four? Uh, four players in the top sixteen. My my. Well, the t- I think there's only sixteen people, right? Yeah, yeah. So there are four players in the top sixteen. <laughs> well, that's true for every region, though, isn't it? No, four American players. Well, every region has four players. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what you mean. Okay, all right. Well, uh, like all instead I mean of Canada, say, yes, <laughs> like, instead of Canada or Mexico, that's what I mean to say. <laughs> but we did. I mean, we did have. I mean, three in the top eight, eight though, right? We had so, three. like, yeah, I know, there, yeah, there, you go. there you go. Okay, all right. and then also three Brazilians in the top eight. So, congratulations to Bruno, Zhao, and uh, Dalton as well. <laughs> there we go. We got there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, cool stuff all around. It's always fun to watch these really elite players play against each other. Yeah, for sure. We are getting, um, speaking of elite players playing against each other, we should be hearing (laughs) 
tomorrow and throughout the week, the players that they're bringing on board for this kind of 25th anniversary Pokemon battle. Do you know too much about this? Yeah. In fact, I'm happy to announce that I am all 25 players. That's crazy on VGC as well. I'm I'm every single one of them. Yep. That's amazing. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Who would have thought it's kind of a twist. You know, I thought I'd say it here first on the podcast. Oh, I think our viewers are just as surprised as I am. (laughs) Yeah, no, I did see the, the announcement for it. It's cool. It's cool. I'm, I'm excited to see what that pans out to be. Yeah, absolutely. So I did want to talk about card of the day today. Let's do it. And card of the day, as always, is one near and dear to my heart. It is from the Lost Thunder set. It has an exceptionally long neck. And it's grass type. Lost Thunder. Long neck. Grass type. Long neck kind of got me because I was like, oh, jump fluff, right? That's him. <laughs> that is a good grass type from Lost Thunder that is also near and dear, but no. <sighs> long neck. And then I was like, and when you said long neck, I was like, giraffe rig, but I don't think that has a Pokemon in. I bet there's somebody out there screeching. There is a right Lost now. Thunder giraffe rig, to be fair, but it's not a grass. Oh, that's type. true. It's psychic type. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's psychic type. Um, yeah. What what you got? It is the Alolan Executor from Lost Thunder, and let me talk about why that card is so near to my heart. Uh, so Alolan Executor from Lost Thunder has the Tropical nice. Shake attack. It does 20 damage and 20 more, I believe, for each energy in your discard pile, up to 5. So it does 120 damage for one grass energy. So good. So good. It has a lot of hit points, and so it can tank a Riotous Beating from a Zorark and, you know, two-hit KO it back. So you got a little two-hit KO situation going on, but with the one prize Pokemon. Um, And it's just a really cool deck. So... As Lost Thunder was coming out, I was prepping for the um, international championship that was in Sao Paulo that year, and that was actually one of the top decks on my radar for a while, was playing uh, just an all-one-prize Alolan Executor deck. Um, So I tried it out pretty extensively um, and didn't really pan out, but... (laughs) (laughs) um it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun to try yeah um and you know maybe one day Um, yeah absolutely honestly it was for a while it was one of my top decks and eventually if you don't know the history i settled on a control zorak deck and a lot of people did play the alola executor deck though at that international championship Sure. And in my Zorak deck, I included the Giraffe Rig <laughs> that you had alluded to earlier. Let's go. <laughs> so whenever I would play against the Alolan Executors, they would, you know, mill their energy with the Shuckle. And I would just come in with the Giraffe Rig <laughs> and remove it from the, the discard pile, put it in the Lost Zone, and they couldn't attack anymore. So That's dope. 
So good times. A lot of lives ruined. Yes. <laughs> and that's what it's all about. Absolutely. So I still really enjoy that card though. And the the theme deck for the old executor was when theme decks started to actually get good. Yeah. Um, it's now been severely outclassed and now theme decks are like not a thing. But um I have a lot of fond memories of playing that theme deck and theme deck games. That's awesome. Sophocles for two energy in the discard. Can't beat that. That's awesome. <laughs> Did you know Sophocles? This is like something else I learned on the Brazil- on the trip to Brazil. His name in Portuguese is Chris. No way. Just, oh, my gosh. Just Chris. I, I feel like I saw that the other day. I don't know what language it was translated into, but I you know the Marnie promos? Uh-huh. That are coming out, and I saw one. It was like called Mary. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, what?" Yeah, it just cracks me up when they have like a very normal name. Well, and like, uh, you know, if you want to look up one that'll make you roll, uh, Ace Trainer in German, I believe. Ass Trainer. This is a PG <laughs> podcast. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's, so. a, it's a riot. Um, so, lots of fun. And it, actually, want to briefly correct the Lone Executor came out in Forbidden Light, um, but the um, Shuckle came out in Lost Thunder to mill the energy. That's what it was. Um, yeah, so brief correction there. Thank you. Um, one of types from the chat. With that, though, let's head into the second half of the cast and talk a little bit about the current landscape we have in the pokemon trading card game jw you want to give us a little background on what we're talking about here well we were discussing before the cast we're like man it's kind of crazy that you know that there's a lot of discussion post rotation but but that's not particularly crazy because we are getting that new format in you know in a month and it's it's maybe time there's not really that many um, big tournaments um, or or maybe not there's big tournaments but maybe not like particularly um, Im- impactful tournaments I'll say uh-huh. like important tournaments right like the format's on the dying end of its sure. light um, so we were just talking about like man people are looking ahead so far that they're already getting burnt out. <laughs> on post rotation and that's like the opposite of what should be happening right like people should be like looking forward to post rotation as being like oh man i can't wait to play with these new cards and i can't wait to see what you know how these decks interact and <laughs> can't wait to try this thing out or, or i can't wait for this to be gone but uh, they're getting into the new format and now people are like ah this format sucks <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so that's so accurate i remember I was scrolling through Twitter one day and I saw like that people were starting to make videos about post rotation. And I'm like, Oh, this seems like a little early. You know, we're still, this was like very shortly after chilling rain came out and I'm like, Oh, you know, like chilling rain just came out. Like, should we really be already focusing on post rotation? And then literally the next day I opened up Twitter again and people are talking about how bad they think the post rotation <laughs> format is. And I'm like, whoa, let's slow down. Chilling Rain just came out last week. <laughs> let's yeah. maybe play these cards first. Um, and it, it just always baffles my mind. And this 
this I think especially goes for rotation, but isn't exclusive to it where I feel like people are so laser focused on like the next thing. And it's kind of frustrating in a way. Like, you know, we have all these cool things left to do, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. So uh, it always kind of just grinds my gears, I guess. Like, if you spend all of your time just thinking about the next format repeatedly, you'll never enjoy the one you're in. Right? I mean, it's like, kind of like it's kind of like life in a way. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you're always if you're always looking ahead, you can never really be in the moment. Exactly. You gotta you gotta live in the moment, dude. You gotta live in the moment. I mean, there's good things about looking ahead. Like this is not to say I, I feel like this cast we maybe have been like kind of like hey i don't know i felt like when i was speaking about the online tournament scene i was like kind of hating on it but no that's not you know (laughs) there's a time and a place for it you know like online tournaments are are very much a a valid way to play the game they're just they just maybe you know they don't pay you know what i'm saying okay so that's okay i'm gonna correct myself on that just a little annotation (laughs) maybe just stop going back to that (laughs) (laughs) pay me my money um but then uh yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, now we're like, ah, people are like already hating on post-rotation, but just like, yeah, just just slow down, enjoy what we have. I can't I can't believe that people are already like, yeah, I've seen multiple comments on Twitter like, I'm burnt out on post or like post-rotation sucks or, you know, all the decks suck in post-rotation. Like, I've seen that over and over and I'm like, man, maybe, maybe it's just people not actually saying how they really feel because it's Twitter, right? So you don't have like, you know facial expressions to tell if that's just a joke or not. But I feel like the fact that I've seen it for, from like half a dozen people kind of gives me the impression that there's a large subject, uh, subset of people out there that are, that are already bored of post-rotation. <laughs> right. And I feel like we're relatively speaking, like chilling rain isn't that old either. Like, yeah. you know, maybe it wasn't your favorite format, but like you still got time left in it. Um, I don't know. I feel like especially in prior years, I suppose, I think it was a little bit easier to justify kind of like the the post-rotation hustle in a way mm-hmm. because usually the last event would be like Worlds and then Worlds started being on rotation format as well. So that be, right. started being less applicable. But like in prior years, it would be like the last thing um, or even like even when worlds did become like post rotation, it made more sense to like focus on that right away after nationals. Um, but now it's like, we have this whole space of online events, which could still theoretically subsist on chilling rain or, you know, pre rotation format. So it seems a little bit like we're jumping the gun here because that same immediacy of like the next event I'm going to play in will be post rotation isn't necessarily there anymore, at least if you're actively playing the game. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Yeah. I get you. Um, I feel that. So like I could understand it more in prior years when like the next regional that you would go to would be post rotation for sure. And you had to get that jump, right? You had to get you had to be ahead of everybody, right? You had to be kind of like you had to be the even one two who steps broke ahead, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. You had to you had to know what people were going to play and then you had to play something that beat what yeah. people were going to play. Yeah, so I really I do understand that in prior years when you had worlds, when you had your next regional that you were prepping for. I understand it less now when like like I said, there's an event all the time. You know? There's uh yeah. all this crazy stuff that you can do any given day of the week. So 
you know, if you're going to be playing Pokemon anyway, why not play it for some packs or something? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm, I mean, it's, it's cool, you know, post-rotation, um, looking forward to it as I always do. Um, there's something fresh and, and certainly about like a new season, right? Because there's something even, um, you know, it's just different than a new set release, right? Yeah. A new set release, we might get a new archetype or two, um, you know, really make their mark on the format. But post-rotation, when we lose a handful of, of sets or a block of sets, um, that's exciting because that that just obliterates what we thought we knew <laughs> and introduces you know new things. And, and s- there's so much room for innovation and doing something unique and finding out something cool and creating something beautiful. So beautiful. And honestly, I'm... I'm excited about like kind of what we're laying the framework for. We're seeing some of these cards revealed or released and it seems kind of like the defining thing for the next year is going to be um, battle styles, right? Like the continuation of rapid and single strike as well as like the fusion strike that they're, they're starting to release. Um, So I'm, I really have enjoyed those. I've, you know, I said that quite a few times on the cast that I, I like the direction that battle styles goes because they're kind of like these pre-built things that have like a high degree of synergy, but don't feel like oppressively like, you know, built for you. Um, So I'm excited for that. And don't get me wrong. I am excited for like rotation and a mix up to the game. It's just, uh, I just hate to see people jump the gun so much and be, you know, it feels like they're all four months ahead of me. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not tired. Well, the, yeah, the funniest thing is like the people that are, that are always like, actually two sets ahead. Because at this point, um, we're you know, starting we to get see the, the next evolving set. skies, right? We have evolving skies. We have all the evolutions. We got the Rayquaza. Like those are things that people are actively looking at and, and trying out. Uh, but then we also have, yeah, like you said, there's another set that's that's being released <laughs> or leaked in Japan that, and yeah. people are looking at that and going like oh my gosh can you believe this card is getting released that makes my deck in post rotation completely obsolete and we're like what are you doing <laughs> I think you'll find um you know if you play the game for long enough like the competitive players on the whole don't really do that I would you like, yeah. would you say that that's true? I think so. I think so. Like um, they they may look ahead, sure, one format. Um, but but I would say even like even then they're they're largely not looking ahead, uh, and they're definitely not looking to. I would say like the, the very best deck builders in the game are usually just looking at their next event, right? And if that is in the next format or in this format, that's the thing that they're looking at. So I guess maybe to posit that like if you are not going to be playing until post rotation by all means like test that out if you got some chilling rain stuff coming up why not just uh try and perfect that you know yeah 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 it is it is kind of interesting though because you know to factor in a little bit of this online format that if we ever get back to competitive play you know in, in the near future like i i do think will continue and will continue to be strong um but, you know, and we've talked about this on the cast before as well. It's just like we uh, we get so, um, you know, kind of uh, accelerated 
<laughs> in our format as well. Like there are just so many tournaments so quickly and like lists are kind of being deemed optimal and, and deemed at least, um, you know, better versions seem to emerge um, yeah. from the player base. And that's, that's also something I think, I mean, we've, we've talked about this at length before, but uh, just another thing that kind of contributes to that feeling of, oh, I need to look ahead because I need to freshen up because the best deck has already been determined, you know, a week or two ago. And <laughs> yeah, just feels kind of like, why am I doing this in a way? Yeah, I, I can understand the sentiment for sure. Um, and I guess really the most important thing is no matter how you choose to play Pokemon, that you do it in a way that's fun. Uh, so if you feel yeah. yourself like the fun's getting sucked out of it because you're so laser focused in on on anything, uh, maybe take a step back and and try and like recenter on why you're playing in the first place. It's because you enjoy it. Yeah, I think we're always going to preach that, you know, that kind of positive aspect of the game is like, you know, you can grind uh, and you can kind of, you know, kill yourself in essence to uh, to to get better at the game. But at the end of the day, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then maybe it's it wasn't that worth it to do it. You know. Jeez. Um, I guess my cats agree. <laughs> <laughs> there was some, there was some noise going on over There's there. Some vigorous, uh, some vigorous uh, battles being waged. <laughs> there you go. You might need to attend to that. I think they'll be fine, uh, <laughs> but I can't guarantee it. <laughs> so, you know, overall, you know, try and keep your heads up. Have fun out there. Enjoy the Pokemon trading card game. And if you're interested, I recommend checking out the information about the, the full grip tournament for post-rotation. Yes, absolutely. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about that, Riley. Yeah, so if you're unaware, the full grip is, full grip is doing a double-header post-rotation tournament um, in two weekends from now. Is that, is that the right dates? Yeah, so it's going to be the 28th and 29th. Oh, three. Gosh, mix up my weekends. Um, yeah, so right after rotation, basically, you'll be able to jump right in with your primo decks. We say this after kind of ranting about prepping ahead of time, <laughs> but uh, it'll be a lot of fun. You'll see some of your, your big favorite names out there, like Mr. J.W. Crewall, um, and perhaps me, uh, still figuring out kind of logistically if I can make that work. Um, and overall, like any support that you show to full grip is supporting the cast and supporting our friends. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't recommend it enough. Hopefully I will um, attend. Again, you know, things kind of seem like they're in flux all of a sudden after being, um, you know, pretty stable there for what seemed like, you know, at least a month, right? It's like, oh, okay, we're on track, right? We're on track. Uh, And now with um, just new and exciting viruses uh, that seem to just be, you know, shifting and changing uh things are landscape is um, ever changing landscape is ever changing so no guarantees on that but uh at least for now i'm i'm scheduled to be there so can't wait to see you guys if you are a fan of the cast please make sure to say hello uh and uh yeah look forward to possibly meeting up with you guys and, and playing some poke irl some poke irl with right. that if you want to check us out on social media twitter's the best place to find us that's at smiles with riles for myself at real john walter for mr jw and at tag team pokemon for the podcast if you want to see this podcast filmed live 
every single week. You can check me out on twitch.tv slash munner or JW out at twitch.tv slash righteous. And JW also has a phenomenal YouTube channel. He just uploaded a really cool video about the greatest comeback in Pokemon history. Uh, definitely check that one out. It is yeah. Did you like that? I, I'm glad. I was, the, I was wondering if you watched it. I was wondering Dude, if you I watched watch all your videos, you know that. Oh, I know, I know, but <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like, you know, I need that. Uh, right. I'm a words of affirmation guy. You know? uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure as well, if you're listening on a podcasting platform, that you leave a rate and review. It helps boost us up through those beautiful little algorithms that have been formulated for us. And if you want Pokemon to return to in person, please do get vaccinated if you have the ability to. Um, and you haven't already, at least in Absolutely. the United States, it is free. Yes, that's right. That's right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate you all. And we'll catch you all next time. Peace. See ya. <laughs>